There's something new on Airs LA every day. My name is Bill Takeshita, and I'm the chief of optometric services at the Center for the Partially Sighted in Los Angeles, California, and the consulting director of low vision at the Braille Institute of America. Each Sunday, we're going to bring to you tips and information that we hope will help you to cope while living with low vision. Tips to help you to identify coins, currency, and to pay bills. For many people with low vision, simple tasks such as identifying coins and currency to do your shopping can be very difficult. Well, fortunately, there's many different types of strategies that could help you to identify your money and to pay bills much more easily. First, we're going to talk about how to identify coins. It's very easy to differentiate many different coins because each coin has a different size. For example, the quarter is the largest coin and the dime is the smallest. You'll also notice that with a quarter and a dime, they also have ridged edges, so that if you fill the edge of the coin, you could fill those particular types of ridges. So in that way, you could basically fill the largest coin, and if you feel that it is relatively large and it has a ridge, it must be a quarter. If you have one that is similar in size to a quarter, but the edge is smooth, then that's a nickel. If you then fill a coin that is very small and silver, and you actually fill the ridges where it is again roughened, then that must be a dime. And then the penny is something that is going to be a different color, but it also has a smooth edge. When it comes to currency, fortunately, the new currency and bills, they have a very large number on the back. If you have difficulty with seeing these particular numbers, often you might be able to use a magnifier. Pocket-sized magnifiers are available in powers up to 12 times magnification, so this is a good way that you might be able to read what denomination of that currency it is. If you have poorer vision, you can try using your video magnification system at home to identify your currency and then to fold them. If you're totally blind, you could also use different types of scanning programs such as Kurzweil 1000 or Open Book. And at home, you could scan the currency and then go ahead and fold your currency so that you know how, which each label um, marking of each bill. So one of the things that I typically have done is to develop my own type of a system where I could fold the currency so I would know what the denomination of each bill is. For example, what I typically do is I actually would use a wallet and I keep the 20s actually unfolded. So in this way, when I do go to the ATM machine, I could pull out the money and it's always going to be in 20s and I'll just simply stick that right into my wallet. Then, if I have another bill that's going to be a $10 bill, what I then do is I actually will fold that from left to right. So if I have the bill such that it's facing horizontally, I could just fold it so that the left edge covers the right edge, and then I know that that bill, which is half the size of the 20, is my 10. If I then have a $5 bill, what I then do is I fold it two times from left to right. So I position the bill horizontally, and then I take the right edge and cover it over to the left edge, and then I repeat that again. So it looks like it's about one-fourth the size of the 20. And then the last thing that I do is that if I do have a $1 bill, what I then do is I fold this in a longitudinal way. So if I take the $1 bill 
and I put it on the desk wide so that it's very wide from left to right. Then I take the top of the bill and I fold it down towards the bottom. Now, others might have different strategies, but the reason that I actually use this strategy is because of the fact that the $20 bills, being the most valuable, is the largest bill, so it, it makes sense to me. And with it being larger, there's less of a chance of it falling out of my wallet or, or me losing it. Another type of thing that other people can find very helpful is sometimes people will actually use a different type of a wallet that actually has different sections where you could place the different types of bills. For example, some people might use a credit card type of a wallet and then on the bottom ledge they'll place the ones and then in the next card slot they'll put the fives and the next one they'll put the tens and on the top they'll put the twenties. So you could devise different types of strategies to organize your currency very easily. Now when it comes down to check writing, there's a couple of really helpful options. One is that you could actually go to your bank and you can ask them to make large print checks for you. With a large print check, you could actually feel the ridges, that ledge and the line where you would actually write. So a person who could be totally blind could actually feel where to write and to sign the date, who to pay it to, what's the amount, and where to sign the signature. These checks are about the size of a typical business check, so that they're very, very large and they're very, very easy to manipulate and put it in an envelope to mail it off. Another option is if you can use a standard smaller check, is that you could purchase a check guide. And these are plastic templates that you could place directly on top of your check, and there'll be little window cutouts. So when you could basically fill the window, you'll then know exactly where to write the date, who to pay the check to, and to sign, and so forth. So this makes it very easy for a person who might have low vision or a person who's totally blind to write a check when they're at the grocery store. Now one of the things that's going to be a very helpful time saver for people with low vision is to use online banking. Virtually all banks now have that ability to have online banking, and with a little bit of help, they can help you to set up that account. Now, what typically happens is that you might actually identify those particular bills that you pay regularly each month. So, for example, if it's your gas bill, your telephone bill, your water bill, you could actually bring those receipts or those statements that you get in the mail to you to the bank and they are very, very kind where they will help you to set up the account. Now what they then do is they actually will actually put your account number into the computer system and you could either A, designate that you want to pay a certain amount each month so that you don't even have to go into your computer or you don't have to go onto the telephone to make that payment. So for example, you could say that you want to pay $20 every month for your gas bill. And in this way, you'll never have a late payment, and you'll know that this is approximately what your monthly gas bill is. If your monthly credit card bill is on the average $200 a month, you could tell the bank to automatically withdraw 200 each month. Another option, though, is if you do not want to do it in that way, you could go onto the computer, and you could use your computer to go ahead and to specifically state how much you want to pay for each of these bills each month. In this way, 
You don't have to write any checks, you don't have to address any envelopes, and you don't have to use any postage because on the computer it will deduct that money from your checking account and send it right over to the person who you want to pay. In some of these banks, they also have it that after you've set up your computer online banking, that you could actually use your telephone. So once you then dial your telephone, you then have that ability to designate how much it is that you want to pay for each of these bills. So telephone and online banking are different types of skills that you could very, very quickly master. And with this, you will have to set up the account at the bank, but once it's done, no longer will you need to go to the bank or to write as many checks. So these are some of the very, very helpful tips to help you to handle your money a bit easier. And I hope that this information was helpful to you. So until next week, this is Dr. Bill Takesha for Errors LA. This podcast is intended solely for the use of the blind and the print impaired audience. Any unauthorized use without the express written consent of Errors LA is prohibited.